When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome back to The Handmade Podcast. This is episode six. We were out for a week just taking care of some stuff, but we are back. I'm here with Derek from Malden, Paul Pinto, and I am Chris Zepp from Make Everything. We have got a lot to go over today. It's been a busy couple of weeks for everybody, and we're going to start with sort of what we've been working on and what's been going on in our shops. Paul, seems like you've got the much, most going on, so let's talk about what you have going on in your new shop. So I have been fabricating over the past couple of days um, steel for a house down on the water um, in Connecticut where my shop is, and it's been kind of a rush job because... Um, a couple setbacks that I had, but also the deadline for the job uh, got moved up a day and it was already tight to begin with. So originally I was supposed to install on Thursday and now I have to install on Wednesday, on Wednesday, which is the day this podcast comes out. So when everyone's listening to this, they'll probably, I'll probably be, you know, helping the installers put this steel up. Um, but I've been working all weekend, worked 4th of July, worked Sunday, worked today. And in its current state, um, pretty much all of the beams are completely fabricated. Almost all the columns are fabricated and, and all that stuff is shop primed. There's only two more columns that I need to fabricate and three short little beams that got had revisions done on them. So I just need to redo them. Each of them got stretched like two inches. So I just have to remake the uh, refabricate the beams. But I mean, everything's going according to plan so far. So it hasn't been that bad um, other than a couple things. <laughs> What's the steel for? It's for the actual structure of the building yeah. or is it for like a deck or something No, it's else? it's for the structure of a building. It's pretty much the entire house is um, steel. So it goes up like three floors and it's sitting on concrete piers that were um, originally poured um, like months ago. And I spent, you know, two days out there setting the um, anchor bolts for all of the bearing plates and for all of the base plates. Um so that was quite a process too, just figuring everything out, laying it all out. Cause there's a very specific way you have to lay everything out to make sure it's square and all the heights are the same way. Cause you need to use a laser and you need to use, you know, the, the, um, anchor bolt plan that comes in the shop drawings. So it was quite an involved, uh, process, but I think we got everything nailed down for the most part. Yeah, and if you don't, the house will just fall into the ocean. Exactly. Cause oh it's God. literally, you know, five feet from the edge of the water. So it'll fall right in. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's now, the craziest property though because what's that why did it get moved up who moved the data why did it get moved because up? because the um the gc is behind and he's just begging he was like really asking us to you know move do it as quick as possible and we told him you know if we if you really need us to we could move it up a day because yeah. uh, we just got to get things rolling because there was a, a bunch of stuff we had to sort out um with the steel with the detail and the engineer um, but everything ended up working out. And so it looks like it's going to you know, work out pretty good. Um, but it's a crazy property because there's literally no yard. It's like a house and then water. And there's a house. So basically you have a road and then there's one house to the right. And then the driveway to this house is right to the left of the house. And they share a driveway. And then this house is behind the first house on the water down the hill a little bit. And so um, I guess the owners of this house that I'm building, doing the steel for, they only get one parking space in the driveway. 
And so there's literally only one parking space that we have to use. Uh, of course, we're going to have access to the, the, um, the full driveway tomorrow just for the day. But we have to back a crane in there. We have to back a flatbed in there with all the steel on it. All of the work trucks need to go in there. Um, the installer's truck needs to go in there. So it's going to be a crazy job site. But I think it's going to you know, be okay. Yeah, that's going to yep. be crazy. So how'd you guys find uh, installers for the steel? Who are you using? Somebody from the GC or? No, someone um, we we knew we got in contact with um, just from, you know, guys at the welding supply store, actually. My guy there um, hooked us up with this guy and he seems really nice and he seems like he knows what he's doing. And I was with him uh, for two days uh, last week, setting the anchor bolts and laying everything out and setting the elevation. So he seems like a pretty cool guy. Hmm. Nice. Sounds like an exciting project. I'm sure you'll have a lot of pictures and videos from it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get as much footage as I would have liked to because I was just working nonstop from you know the morning till night because I was like I wanted to get ahead of everything because God forbid I was behind and then we have a crane on site and no steel to bring there and everything would have got messed up. So I just got everything done and so now I have a little bit of you know time to relax before we install on Wednesday. Nice. So do you have, um, do you always have to hire somebody to install it or just on a really big job that you can't do yourself or with? Um, yeah, for me right now, I don't have a big enough crew and it's almost the install. A lot of times it's almost like a different trade. Like it's kind of, it's completely different than fabricating in a shop. So a lot of companies do have their guys have, have an install crew, um, and have a fabricating crew or both will do, you know, they'll, they'll switch back and forth. Um, but right now, it, it yeah, it makes sense for us to hire an installer. And even in the future, you know, for big jobs, I want nothing to do with the install. Mm-hmm. It's just too. It's just that's where all the problems are. That's where it gets complicated. You know, these well, guys. Well, then if you're not there, then you're not there to hear them complain about how you welded the clips on. Uh, yeah, so just yeah. hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. And make them well, deal then with I it. still got to deal with that because I probably got to <laughs> fix it. But um, it's just better because they it's it's like a totally different trade it's like iron workers you know out in the mm. field they're different than guys you know fabricating yeah. in a shop yeah um so it's just better to have them do it i mean small stuff i'll do and even a job probably like this in the future i'll be able to do once i have enough equipment and and different things but for now this is the way to go nice yeah that's exciting so derek what do you got going on um well, I'm on vacation this week. It was busy last week, but I have the week off. I almost canceled it, but um, I decided to keep it. And I'm just um, I'm trying to get some stuff done around the house. I'm not having much luck with that, but I'm um, just kind of messing around in the shop. I finally like took the initiative to try to clean up a little bit since you know I got the CNC in here. It's just been an absolute disaster. So I had rented. Uh, storage place next door and um i moved a lot of stuff over there over the weekend so i was able to get a lot of room back here actually a lot more than i thought i would have so now i'm gonna find something else to put down here no i'm just kidding but uh well i mean you do have some stuff that you've got to put down there soon yes yeah yeah so um but it's um but yeah just doing that like i said you know it's maybe get away for a couple days at the end of the week. I don't even know if that's going to happen, but um, I um, all day I've been messing around with trying to cut letters on the CNC so I don't have to really sand them once it's done. And it's just nice. been a pain in the ass all day long. It just, I, I ruined literally a half a sheet of MDF just pr- like doing them over and over and over. I've been on the phone with Jimmy He's trying to do it. He's going to send me a file to, to do it because it's basically when I cut them with an end mill, they are squared off. And then I take them off and I sand them and kind of round the edges over. And you can get a V-bit with a rounded profile. And uh, it will just kind of take that edge off it. But the problem I'm having is like with the offset. So if I cut like on the outside of the line, then I go to cut it off. It's taken off too much of the rounded part. So it's just been a pain in the neck and it's just, you know, it's one of those things you got to, you know, do it to see it. And then, you know, it's changing bits and, you know, it's just, it's just been a pain in the neck, but I've been dealing with that all day. So, I mean, life that's like a one and done kind of thing. I mean, once you figure that out, it's totally changed the whole Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why I'm staying with it because it would just make my life so much easier just to have stuff like nice profiled and it'll look a lot neater and stuff like that. So. 
um, yeah, I'm going to stick with it and do it and just, just, you know, just, uh, trying to enjoy, enjoy the week, you know, enjoy the nice weather. It's been nice here, a little humid, but you know, it was cool over the weekend. So just trying to get some stuff done that I've been putting off. Nice. Now, so you're using Vectric to design your files for the CNC. Correct. Now, when you buy like uh, a diff, you know, that's a pretty non-conventional en- um, end mill or router bit, whatever you want to call it, that kind of um, roundover bit. Yeah. Do you, is there a way for you to quickly log that in or is it a complicated process to get yeah. that tool, you know, into your computer? Because yeah. I know like Fusion, you can go and they're actually end mill manufacturers that put their tool catalogs in fusion yeah. and you can literally just go and say you know it's a kodiak cutter and put in the part number and fusion already knows the size so oh, how do you cool. do it with that yeah so it's funny so you can do that so i get a lot of my tools from uh, tools today and they have like a file you can download and it has the cutter information and stuff but with the form tools you have to set up a profile like of the actual size of what it looks like in the shape. And I'd never done that before. So of course I had to watch a YouTube video on it and it wasn't that bad to do. Actually, a guy had a video that was, um, really explained it real, real nice and easy, you know, for dummies like me. And, uh, was it the same guy that you talked about no, last no, time? No, no, it's a different guy. <laughs> I got a guy for everything, you know, uh, but, yeah. uh, but, um, yeah, so you have to literally make half the profile of the tool, and then you put it into Vetric and give it the dimensions, and then it will put it into the catalog. So it's a little bit of a pain in the neck, but, you know, it's, you know, life could be worse. It's, it's not the end of the world, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, an interesting, um, that's an interesting kind of process, I'm sure, too, because... You know, if you if you're off by a thousandth or two thousandths or anything, I'm sure it probably makes a difference well, well, when you're. Yeah, that's kind of you know me and Jimmy were talking, and that's like it it adds like a variable to it that I really don't want to deal with. Like it's like you know, did I start you know cutting at the right height? Is it you know is it not in the right spot? Is the you know input for the dimensions wrong? You know, it, it's just one more thing I don't need to worry about. So. Hopefully I'll have it done tonight. And I was up till probably like three o'clock this morning messing with it and just, um, you know, just stupid stuff like that. So, yeah. So, um, as we'll talk about in a little bit, but I just today, an hour ago, got a, a CNC router, my first kind of real, my re- a real deal CNC router. And one of the things, uh, that came with it, I got it from Tormach is a, a set of Amana bits. Yeah. And the nice. uh, set of bits, it it I haven't even opened the boxes yet, but one of the things I noticed was that apparently I can input the the model number mm-hmm. and, right into Vectric. Yeah. And they should be there. So yeah. like, um, and it actually says there's a warning on the box that the bits are in that says that the tool should only be used with that file, like the, 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 the tool file should only be used with that specific tool because it's calibrated and it's set. So yeah. um, hopefully hopefully these work um, <laughs> because I'm totally new to having a real deal CNC. This thing is uh, it's a 24 by 48 with a vacuum table and That's it's nice. a beautiful Tormach machine that you know looks like, uh, looks like it was built in a race car factory. So um, it's, it's definitely powerful enough that it could probably like rip my hand off. Yeah, I'm sure. That thing could probably do aluminum, right? That that Tormach, like it can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder, so, like that's pretty interesting. Like how much you know, how close can you get to almost having like a CNC mill with that thing, and like mm-hmm. do like light milling, you know, applications? I bet you could do you know a good amount with that. Yeah, this Especially is, with yeah. Lumen, probably not steel. Definitely not steel, right? I don't know, man. There are videos of guys yeah. using their X carves and yep. and milling steel. That's crazy. There are guys with the Shape Oko. Um, Winston Moy has used his Shape Oko and and made like everything. Like he's milled steel, he's milled aluminum. I so. guess if you just go slow enough and take light enough passes, yeah. right? You could just yeah. do whatever. And there's a lot to be said about like the way the toolpath actually runs, and yeah. like, that's why a lot of guys like you know. F- if you go on on youtube you could find videos of people running the the x carve 
but that was like kind of pre fusion now mm-hmm. with fusion or maybe fusion was around but i feel like people maybe weren't using it now with fusion fusion has so many like really powerful toolpath making uh components where like it can you know change the rpm and the way it cuts so that it's more efficient so i feel like fusion has unlocked you know milling with steel in a lot of these smaller machines more so than was possible before because it's really complicated like the way the tool hits the material and the way the flutes and yeah i don't know i'm probably just gonna break end mills every time i use the machine but you know there's a guy he's got a channel i think it's called like broken taps or something like that he does (laughs) yeah he does a lot of stuff with uh mild steel for with a bench top cnc i think it might be an avid and um you know, but he um, he does he does a lot of crazy stuff, and he gets really into it. Like you said, all the tool paths and the speeds, and you know, there's a lot to it. You know, it's like like the machine I got; it had so many tools, and you know, there's like all a bunch of half inch uh, end mills, and they all look the same. But then you look at them, and they have like different little patterns on them and stuff. So they're obviously different for some reason. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like butcher everything like i was just cutting you know i I have like three different types of mdf and i cut it all at the same speed and i'm just sitting here reading and it's not making all these noises and it's something i read somewhere it said like you should cut it like eighteen thousand rpms and i was cutting it at like twelve thousand like it wasn't even close and that's really fast eighteen thousand like yeah how fast could your machine go i think twenty two thousand. Oh my 24. god that thing must be screaming yeah that's yeah. fast yeah it's I didn't that's they not go a water-cooled spindle right Derek, no that's no a- no it's not and i tell you when i first got this thing i would literally start it and like you know they're like oh be near the machine in case it's gonna be shut up I would hide across. Yeah, why the are you going to be near the machine? Yeah, that thing <laughs> shoots off. I'm out of there. Like, yeah, shit, stand you know? right next to the the yeah. spindle. Stand yeah. right next. Put your head kneel down right yeah. next to the spindle when you turn it on. I mean, on. that fly cutter, that thing going. Oh my god. Yeah. Just a lot uh, of inertia there. You know? What happens if a little chunk of like you know carbide or something shoots yeah. off that thing going a thousand miles an hour right into your brain? Yeah, yeah. with a How BB gun. How many horsepower is that spindle, Derek? Um, three, I think. It's oh like so it's two forty, like, right? It, yeah, it's it's like yeah. two point two something gigawatts. I don't know. Gigawatts. Yeah, so, yeah kill, kilowatts. Kilowatts, like Back to the Future. Flux capacity. Gigawatts. The machine that I just got is a two horsepower, twenty four thousand RPM water cooled spindle. That's crazy. Now it's funny. A lot of people like like if I was to get a new one, like I think I would want like a water cooled one. But then there's people that like, oh, you don't want to deal with it. You know, if you have a problem, it gets water on your project. And I'm thinking to myself, really? These things break that much? Like if you have a problem, you're in way bigger trouble. Yeah, than like that. that's like water on my. Oh my God, project. I spilled water yeah, on my twenty-five dollars sheet of MDF. Yeah, it's like I'm not buying a new car because, like, if the tank leaks, I'm going to get gasoline everywhere on the it's driveway. Like, like, yeah, it's like talk about negative Nancy. I mean, I'm the most negative person I know, and I don't even think like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it it must be nice. But I like I obviously just started like kind of with this machine, but. I don't get like the whole water cooled thing. I don't know what they're cutting. Like maybe they're running the machine for, you know, five hours or six hours. Like I've never done anything even close. Like the most mm-hmm. of my things are is like four minutes, you know? So I imagine like these big elaborate signs, maybe they do go for hours on end. I'm not sure. But. Oh, like when they do those, you know, those, those CNC things where they'll like take a rough pass. They make like a terrain. Yeah. They take like yeah. a, a, like extremely detailed like they'll take like yellowstone national park and like yeah. cnc mill all the mountains and hills and stuff and they'll take like a rough pass and then they'll go in yeah. with this tiny tiny little bit and yeah. machine it perfectly that probably takes like a day like 24 oh, hours i want to i'm just going to be one of those guys that post a time lapse shallow depth of field dimly lit videos of my cnc carving yeah. like signs that say like you know go eat pizza or something stupid. I want to really piss everyone off and make the video <laughs> seem like it's going to be something amazing and then just have it be like at or the end like, like a circle fly cutter. No, I want to have it do this whole detailed, you know, like terrain. Like you oh, said, and then, like, and then it mills back and then over it. Just it. Mills it all. 
It's an open sign. That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, the tool just comes out of nowhere with just a big fly cutter, and it's just gone. <laughs> maybe that's uh, maybe yeah, that'll so. be my first video for Tormach. I'm sure they'll love that. Yeah, yeah, we'll be by to pick up the machine on Friday. Yeah, right. Exactly. They'll uh, they'll say they'll just send me that crate again, and they'll just tell me just put it in there. We'll we'll deal with it from there. Well, so that that's I guess I'll, I'll go into my new tool of the week. So that's my new tool of the week. But the real fun part's going to be getting that thing. So it's it came uh, one of the things about uh, one of the things about the the, the Tormach the twenty four R is it you know it comes fully assembled. So contrarily to like Derek's machine, who you know he has an Avid. Derek, your machine you could take apart. You could take apart and put it in your bedroom if you yeah, wanted to. You yeah, know, one piece at a time. Yeah. So the the machine I got is fully assembled uh, from the factory. So because of that, it came in a giant crate. I think it's like forty eight by seventy by seventy high. Yeah, it's it's huge. nine feet tall. Yeah, it's like nine feet tall, and I don't have a forklift at my shop, obviously, and I have this stupid gravel driveway. So I had it delivered to my friend's shop, like a mile away. And he's going to load it onto a trailer for me. And then we're going to drive the trailer down the driveway. And then we're going to drag the pallet off the trailer onto the gravel and then attempt to get the whole thing inside the shop um, through the doors. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to make a video showing how I move it because that'll probably be the most interesting thing I do. Yeah, um, it, I don't understand that. Like, I mean, it's great, you know, if you're like me and you just want to use something. But it's like it limits like like i could never get one in my basement you know what i yeah, mean Yeah, i think like, it's more of like a qc thing though because think about how many people call avid put it together because wrong. they put oh, yeah. the machine together oh, wrong God. yeah and so like you know i get it and i'm sure you know also too like i don't i don't know uh what the retail is on a you know another 24 by 48 machine but i think if you're buying a machine like the one that i got from Formock, you know, you're probably used to the Tormach brand and you just want it to show up and work. Like you don't buy a Haas CNC and then assembly. Yeah. You know, yeah, a Haas CNC. The door's on. On. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I think it's more like, you know, buy something that's just, it's done. Um, you know, it was checked. It's got a tolerance chart that comes with it because they actually run a part on it that says, you know, it was able to hold a tolerance of, you know, X amount of thousands, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's like, um, I don't know, n- neither of you have ever bought a brand new metal lathe, but if you buy, I bought a brand new metal lathe from Grizzly a couple of years back, and it's the same thing. It had a tolerance card with it that mm. said, you know, it was checked and measured. So yeah. I definitely see both sides of it because like you, Derek, yeah. you'd never get a four by eight. Yeah. You'd never get this two by four in your basement. Yeah, no. It's just not possible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like Paul, imagine your shop, like, if you needed a yeah, CNC, you're not going to go out. right in. And exactly. And you're also not going to want to pay a guy to assemble a machine for a day. Yeah. You know, you just want it to show up and, and start running. So. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Like if you're, if you're using it for production, you don't want to like get a kit and like have yeah, well, spend a week putting it together. But yeah, I guess that's why there's both options. Like you have the two different, mm-hmm. multiple different brands. You could pick, you know, which one works best for you. Yeah. But like I can see why stuff. they wouldn't want to like, I understand that, especially at that price tag. But it's small. You know what I mean? That's yeah, the only is, thing. Like, yeah. Like, like, like if you have a big shop, like, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, if it was a little bit bigger, I would get it. Do they make bigger ones? Small. They're working on it. Yeah, this, okay. This I would is, assume they would be making bigger ones. Yeah, this is two by four. It's their first kind of wood router you oh. know, for them. But what's cool about it, what what sets it apart, um, and this is just turning into a giant Tormach ad, but it's got a vacuum hold down table, which will be really That's cool. Nice. So um it's it's got you know and it's all self-contained so i'll be able to just throw a sheet of mdf on it and have it just suck right down to the table and start making my cuts so Mm. but you know it's a huge learning curve it's going to be great and i feel like i'm going to be i'm going like two steps behind you derek where i'm going to have to learn how to run all the run all the stuff and um you know and paul we're, we're still talking about punching holes with an iron worker we got to get you a cnc something I mean, yeah on, i'll figure it out about? this is I'll the handmade podcast and all you're out doing I'm is doing making stuff by hand yeah <laughs> i mean but i'm i'm assuming that you know they're going to come out with a bigger this is probably just like a trial run for them they're going to make the two by four and then because mm-hmm. like i don't know i mean i'm sure you know like you can't do production stuff with it 
two by four. Are you going to open up a competing sign business and compete yes. with Derek? Now you're going to make yeah. all the New York sports teams. Derek can make all the yeah, Boston yeah. sports teams. So I'm going to make just like kind of like kind of crappy, like off-brand versions of the Boston sports teams. Yeah. You know, like I'll spell the names wrong and like make the colors the a little Boston orange socks. Yeah, the Boston exactly. red socks. Yeah, the Boston Red Sox. I probably make a lot of money if I make yeah, signs that's like I that. No, I, I, I want to make a sign for my shop, and um, I really want to see how I can, you know, like incorporate this into my workflow. Because I, I had I had another CNC machine, and I'm not going to go out and disparage the brand. We know which one it is. We know which one it I have. It sucks, but it sucked. <laughs> um, and no, it's you know what? It, it just it's just I don't have the time to mess around with that machine, and you know, like. There are, there are communities of people that made them bigger and stronger and stout and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and there are guys that we know, people that we're friends with that that use that machine and they do incredible stuff with it. But it just it just never really worked right for me. And I never made it part of my day where, like, I feel like this machine, I can actually just throw the file in and I know it's going to work. Similar to Derek's new machine. Like, yeah. You make a file, Derek, you yeah. know it's going to cut. Yeah. You know? You're it's not a legit worried machine. when you take on a job. Yeah. yeah. Like remember with your old machine, Derek would get a job. He'd be worried if he's yeah. even going to be able to do it. Yeah. Because who knows if the machine's going to cut. So it's it's you get what you pay for. It's it's, it's yeah. just the way it is. It's like, you know, Hilti, it's like comparing a Hilti and a, a Ryobi drill. Yeah, it's that's the, that's what it is. It's like you, you, it makes sense. I mean, the machine for the price, that other machine's probably not bad. But if you're going to do yeah. serious stuff with it, forget it. You can't do that. Yeah, it's just not. So, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So speaking of uh, getting what you pay for, before the last episode we recorded, Paul, you had bought your iron worker, but you yes. didn't have it yet. So yes. now you have it and you've been using it. So let's talk about the it's iron the, worker and how much better your life is. It's now. fantastic. You, you can't. You can't have a steel shop and not have one. And I knew that. And I was just waiting on the right one to come up because there was. There were, I've had plenty of opportunities to buy like a little fifty ton one. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a bunch of them pop up, but it's just, I knew it wasn't going to, it did, wouldn't make sense. I have to be able to punch 13, six, uh, 13 sixteenths holes in like three quarter inch plate or inch plate. Mm-hmm. And like, so that's, you know, that's why I got this thing. Um, a 50 ton wouldn't be able to do that. So I just yep. needed to wait for the right one. And I'm glad I did because I probably couldn't have got a better one for, you know, the price and for what it is. Petting horses probably the largest steel fabrication equipment manufacturer in the world. They make, this is the smallest thing they make. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I don't even know how to, you know, describe it. It's like, you know, buying an, what are those iPods, those little square ones without a screen? What are those, the, the iPod, iPod shuffle? Touch? This is like the, the iPod shuffle and, and the other machines they make is like, um, you know, the, a loaded Mac book pro retina display yeah. like this is so insignificant compared to the other stuff they make so it's like it's crazy i couldn't even the, the, i'll tell you one thing though their their customer service was is horrible they suck <laughs> yeah they're they, in germany they just expect you to no, know these guys know. are in chicago the german guys are probably good these, yeah. these ones these guys from chicago suck because the machine didn't come with a key there's three different modes there's a notching mode Mm-hmm. There's a sharing and punching mode, and then there's a mode that uses the electronic depth stop um, when you mm-hmm. push the material up against it. And I guess I'm assuming you have to hold the foot pedal down too, but once you feed the material in and hit the depth stop, I'm assuming it'll just cut. I haven't tried it yet, um, but that's the problem. I, or, I got the machine from an auction, and of course the key wasn't in it, and of course it was in the mode that I didn't need, which is the notching mode, which is like the least used thing on, on the mm. machine. I need the punch and the shear working. So I had one of my, my neighbor is well my neighbor is this big huge electrical component like not factory but they they make i guess it's a factory but they make like huge industrial electrical panels and circuits and they they refurbish circuits like these these components are so huge and so expensive that it's it's cheaper to refurbish them and rebuild them instead of just buying like a new circuit breaker so they do like crazy advanced stuff on the same property as me, just a couple buildings down. And um, they sent one of their guys over who literally in 10 minutes was able to completely rewire the machine from 480 to um, what I have, which is, uh, what is it, 208, three-phase. Um, nice. 
and like figured it all out. And then the other guy, um, Louie, who, who also works at the electrical place, but he you know, uses some of the space in my building, he was able to figure out that if you took one of the little circuit things off of the back of the switch that the key is in, that it somehow just completely disabled the key. And so now I could use all the modes simultaneously. Oh, so the thing is fully functional now. I still don't have the key because Pettinghaus couldn't figure out which machine it was and what key it was. <laughs> Even though they have the serial number and the model year and the model of the machine, they still don't know what the key is, which is crazy oh. that they could build you know, the most advanced machines in the world. Have? There's, that's right. what I'm saying. They make three iron workers, a 55-ton, a 100-ton, and a 140-ton. It's like got to be the most simple <laughs> like thing a, they, I like could possibly ask them. It's like what happens when you know one of their $2 million machines breaks down? These dummies are the ones that answer the phone? I don't understand. Like I need to figure out the, the other customer service line you know, to get this, this key to me because it's just crazy. I'm so angry about it, but it works because I got some smart guys around here that could you know, figure this stuff out. It's funny because when I got mine, so your machine's what, 2012? 2012, yeah. So your machine's from 2012. My machine's from 1956. Oh, my God. I didn't realize um, it was that and, old. Yeah, and it's uh, mine's a Petting House 21011. So it's um, they made the 210 in many different sizes, and the size of it is after the slash. So mine's a 21011. They make 21016, 21030, whatever. They go huge. Mine's the smallest one that they make. And... Uh, you know, like it's a mechanical machine and it's something that I wanted to be able to adjust and fix and whatever. So I emailed Petting House, uh, their main corporate website and just said, hey, you know, is there any way that there's like a print of this manual from the 50s that I could get? I'll buy it, download it. I looked all over eBay. Within like 15 minutes, they emailed me right back, sent wow. me the manual. They sent me the maintenance guide. And then they said if I needed any parts just to get the part number out of the manual and send them a screenshot and they would like be able to get them for me because I was I was looking into buying new blades. Um, but I to do that. I think. But see, I was just going to say, but I think your blades, just like my blades, I think would be four sided. They are. You but I think all four sides four might sides. be shot. Oh, really? I got to okay. look two the two visible sides that I can see right now. I think are a little my there. It's shearing pretty good, but I'd like to mm -hmm. just have a second set on hand just in case you know anything goes wrong. If if I've learned anything from the past couple of days, it's I need to you know have redundancy. I need to have two of everything because you never know what's going to happen when you have a tight deadline and you know something breaks down. If the shear like chips or it breaks or something, I'd like to have another one on hand, and I need a second set of all the punches too. Just in case something yeah. happens with um, the punches, it's just good to have like multiples of everything. Yeah, somebody was actually telling me that um, you know with carbide tooling now, you can actually throw a punch in your lathe and square up the corners if you have a dull oh. punch. Are these things carbide? Oh. These punches? I thought they were high so. steel. Oh, I think they're S seven. Because um, someone was telling me in one of my videos that I should be able to make my own tooling with S7. Oh, you mean lathe. carbide tooling in the lathe? Carbide oh, I thought you meant lathe. the tooling for the punch was carbide. I'm like, huh? But no, that would no, be no. crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with carbide to tooling in the lathe, yeah, you could probably definitely like you repair these. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I should try that actually. If they once yeah, one I mean, I, I have so many punches that came with mine that are dull and round but yeah even still we've been doing this this ramp project and um i've been punching um 17 30 seconds in quarter inch plate so just over half an inch mm -hmm. with a punch that looks like it looks like a like a dull stick looks yeah. like, like, a, <laughs> like a stick i cut and like dragged on the concrete it's so round but it still punches every single time it's crazy it a terrible burr on the back side yeah yeah um but you know it still does it which is you know it, it just goes to show you how unbelievable uh how unbelievable you know these machines are the shearing is the craziest thing to me the amount of material this thing could shear doesn't even make sense 16 by three quarter inch plate it like doesn't <laughs> make sense to watch it happen have you gone? Have you done that yet? I did. Big, I did biggest thing? three quarter by twelve, and it did it like no problem. It was crazy. It didn't make sense. Unbelievable. It's pretty cool, Derek. You need. To it's a it. nice straight. It's a nice straight, like flat piece, or like yeah, yeah. That it comes out straight, and it, the um, I think I if I had brand new, perfectly sharp blades, 
mm-hmm. um, the the cut would be almost perfect, and it's pretty good now. But I could tell the blades have a little bit of you know wear and tear on them, so yeah. it's not perfectly ninety degrees. It's funny, the, the thicker stuff actually um, was more square than like when I sheared three eighths plate. The three eighths was kind of at yeah. an angle, and the thicker stuff mm-hmm. was like almost perfect, which is weird. I don't know if it's just the distance between the shear blades maybe exactly needs to be adjusted for the different thicknesses. Yeah, so like that's the same thing with mine. Like I was, I sheared a bunch of quarter inch with mine, and it it bent the material a lot because my machine will, I think, shear half inch, and mine's set for half inch. Uh-huh. And it's just the distance between your chopping blade and your stationary yeah, blade. Yeah, yeah. It, it determines the the cleanliness of the cut. So I know that like yours is easy to adjust because you have hydraulic. You can just basically close the blades and then mm. adjust them. Mine is a little more of a pain, but it's one of the things that I got to do to mine. But so, but having the iron worker, I mean, how much time do you think you saved oh. using that on your most recent it's job? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you can't do it any other way, really. I mean, well, you can't, well, there's better ways to do it than an iron worker, but you can't do it with less and do it efficiently. Like, I guess you could use a mag drill, but it's just a nightmare trying to clamp. And then some of the parts are too small to completely go underneath the base of a mag drill. So it's really not possible any other way to try and drill, you know, hundreds of um, 13 sixteenths holes in anywhere from three eighths to three quarter inch plate. There's just no other way to do it. And then you could set up stop blocks on the iron worker and just, you know, rapid fire, throw parts underneath it and make the same, you know, punch every single time for every part. Like there was one batch of parts, there was 32 of the same part I had to make. And it was so easy to just, you know, do one after another after another with the stop block set up. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing to, to see how it works and just watch it. It doesn't even make sense. It's nice. awesome. It's really cool to watch you uh, incorporate it into the workflow. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. It's been amazing so far. Besides, you know, trying to figure out how to get it working. But now that it's <laughs> up and running, it's good. And then the, the guy actually, the, the guy came back who I, I hired him to like fix the thing. And then he came back and mounted a little switch onto it. So I have a work light. He did a really nice job. Like this guy is super smart. But um, he, you know, cleaned it all up, put a new cord on it because my dad bought the wrong cord, of course. So he got the right one. <laughs> he put an outlet, he put a receptacle on the... Um, which I'm gonna call it. What are those things? For all the three phase outlets always have those like on off switches. Twist lock. Oh, the the uh, shut off. The shut off. Yeah, whatever that thing is. And you put a receptacle underneath it, and then put the right plug on, it, and then mounted a um, one ten volt plug right near the punch. So I have a little magnetic light that clips on there now that I could shut on and off. So it was pretty cool. So it's all set up. I just need to move it to the other end of the shop because um, I don't want it right near the door. And I need to make I need to get rollers for it because I can't. There's no good way to support a 16 by three 16 inch by three quarter inch thick piece of plate without having like a roller table feed right into the shear um, but nice. that's pretty much it with that thing wow i wish and as exciting as that yeah derek what'd you get what, what have you been what have you been uh adding to your shop lately or have you just been cleaning up and throwing stuff out well, but i got a, a cool little tool today in the mail it's um the trophy I'm working on. Sorry about the noise there. Uh, the trophy I'm working on. I was trying to like, you know, cut some letters into aluminum, and I was having an issue with it. And um, so I went online and I was talking to a couple people, and they had said something about using a like a drag diamond drag engraver. I never even heard of one, and um, so I looked it up. And they said you can get them on Amazon. So it was going to be about a, a month to get the um, the thing, like, like three weeks. So I emailed the company. This was Thursday night, like 930 at night. They replied back, and they were a local company in uh, Connecticut. So just going back and forth with the guy, and uh, he ended up sending me a set. And they came today. I didn't really have much time to play with them, but they're basically – diamond tip engravers you put it into your um into your spindle you don't have it on and there's three different ones i think it's like 60 90 and 120 degrees or 30 60 whatever it is i I haven't even looked yet and um you know you just put it into aluminum and brass and you can engrave and there's a couple people that um 
I was watching on Instagram that have them. Like you can do some pretty cool stuff with it. You know, um, you know, you can fill in the engraved stuff and, you know, make designs and all kinds of stuff. So I'm happy because I wanted to do this whole project myself. I didn't want to have to pay somebody to engrave it or anything like that. So I think I'll be able to take care of it all. But, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's they're called um, the name of the company is RDZ. And the guy's name was Robert, and um, he's a, he has a machine shop in Connecticut, actually not too far from Paul. You said it was in and, Torrington. Yeah, Torrington. Yeah, it's like an hour from me. Yeah, I gotta I, I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said we could come by and he'd show us around the shop and stuff. Just a really nice guy. Like I said, he sent me a set of them, and I'm gonna try them out and see how they work, and uh, we'll figure it out. But um, yeah, so that's what I got. Some engravers. That's pretty crazy that they, that they put a diamond. Is it one single diamond in the tip, or is it like a diamond coated thing? It's it's I, I it's crazy. It's like a speck in there that I I engraved one thing real quick, and uh, it's unbelievable the job it does. But it's like you can't even like see it. It's like a little speck. I, How I, the hell do they attach it to the? Thing? I, I don't know. That's like, what I want like Jimmy does with that. the ice picks. A little drop of super glue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, Probably. That's, that's what I was wondering. Like, like how it's bonded to it. Yeah, holding it in there. Simple device. It's maybe it's set like a stone. Maybe it's actually like you know, all around it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe it's yeah. a diamond ring. Yeah, I don't know, but um, it's talk just, to Alex Steele. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll have to go by and see this guy, and I'll have to report back on how these things work. That'll be cool. Very cool. Yeah, I. I it's funny because again, moving back into like. You know, it's been so inspiring to watch you use your machine because it's now thinking that I'm going to have access to my own that's actually capable. I'm thinking like, man, there's so much cool stuff I'm going to be able to do, you know. And one of the things that I, I and I know you have it for your machine, but um, the, to use a drag cutter, like mm-hmm. kind of use it like uh, for making vinyl stickers. Yeah. Like I never really thought I would want to do that because i have one of those little vinyl cutters but i mean to be able to do it on like a four by eight sheet like you can do like oh, that, you yeah. can make like graphics for like you know the side of a vehicle yeah that size. oh other- you want to make graphics for me when i get a truck there you go <laughs> that's Your what, first job it's funny because i you know stupidly i bought uh one of those um cricket cutters cricket maker and of course i had to get all the attachments for it and then like Literally two weeks later, I got the uh, Stepcraft CNC, and uh, Eric had given me a drag knife with that. And so I could, you know, cut leather. I wanted to cut leather and cut vinyl. And, um, you know, you can cut like that, um, what do they call it, like a, a mask stuff so you can like sandblast stuff. You see people doing that, like they can oh, uh, I know what you're metal talking about. and then they like sandblast it. And it's like a rubber mat and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool the things you can cut. So the, basically, I bought that that Cricut maker and never used it. It's been sitting. I threw the box <laughs> out, and then the, of course, you know, I get this thing. So, you know, so I'm gonna set up the um, Stepcraft to do like all the engraving, use the drag knife on that stuff like that. So maybe put it in the spare room upstairs, and um, you know, so I can do it up there. You know, but uh, it is cool what you can do with it with the vinyl. It's not just like you know decals. Yeah, that's there's there's a lot of applications to get that stuff going. You can you can really uh, expand expand your sign making abilities there. Come on, I want to see. Yeah. I want to see Malden signs. You gotta you gotta yeah. you know get the domain and the LLC made so no one steals it. <laughs> All right. Maybe I already have it. Yeah, I Maybe hope you do. <laughs> How is that, uh, the trophy coming out? Good, good. It's funny. The guy calls me. He's a little old guy, and uh, he's so excited. It's like his enthusiasm over it. I sent him, like, a video of the of the horse painted, and uh, they actually had a, a committee meeting today, and it was brought up, and uh, he tried to show them, and he's like, yeah, I had a hard time showing the video and stuff, and he's like, but I finally got to show them, and they were so excited. He's like, um, a couple of the members were wondering if we could get a sneak peek of the trophy before it's done. And I said, we'll see, we'll see, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's coming along. I ordered um, some black lacquer paint, and it um, was supposed to come in last week, and the guy called me today. It was back ordered, so they shipped it out today. And, um, 
you know, so I, I want to paint it before I go any further. So I'm kind of a little bit of a standstill. But they're going to present this at an award dinner. And, um, you know, with everything going on with the corona, he said that they may not be doing it until September or October. So I may have some time. You know, first it was kind of like he needed it done. But now he's like, you know, he says, I, I don't know. It may be a little while, you know, before hmm. they actually need it. So which would be too bad. But, you know, we'll see. Get it done as fast as you can anyway and get it the hell out of your oh, shop yeah. before you get a yeah. speck of paint on it or yeah, something. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's all you need is to get the uh, the speck of paint. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I'm still dealing with that other sign I made. And I had to repaint that thing again today. I don't know if the paint I used it wasn't mixed enough, but I could. I thought it was just like a shadow from the light, but I could see like a line across it. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It just, it, I must have not shaken it enough, but it was just like, I don't know, didn't look right. We, we lost you there for a second. Um, oh. I think the Amish are messing with Paul's internet again. No, again. not mine. They're, they're yeah. at Derek's house <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Well, yeah, they literally are at my house. <laughs> yeah, time. they literally are, actually. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. riding their bikes around right now without pads. Uh, so they, I was going to say, they don't have bikes. They have big, well, they look like bikes, but it's like a hybrid bike scooter thing. Yeah, I guess they're against any form of technology. So all they could do is. You know, yeah. I guess they get the wheel, but they don't get the, you know, chain and the gear mechanism. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they're not allowed. Yeah. These are the real deal Amish. Well, yeah, no, those yeah. ones have a van. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, so that's they're not real. Yeah. They're not real deal. Yeah, I, I never really understood that with the scooter thing like that. With the yeah. big tires. Like, that's such an Amish thing to do, though, is have a scooter, not a bike. Like a, a bike bike scooter. It's not even like a Razor scooter. Maybe the chain's not correct. I don't know. The chain's it. not permitted. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. What else is going on with you guys? I don't know. I'm We're exhausted. Just, you know, getting through it all. Getting through it all. So I've got this machine thing coming, and I've been working on the ramp. That's the other big thing. Oh, yeah. And that's been, like, the questions coming and going. So, like, we're, we built this ridiculous ramp. It was supposed to fold up. I'm now we're realizing what because every time i look at it i'm like this thing is ridiculous yeah i don't even understand <laughs> somebody's actually of that somebody's actually paying you to keep going with this job like i would have thought the kid would have looked at it and said you know what this is a bad idea yeah. just stop. he gets more excited every oh, time gosh. we take another step he is so excited and honestly it's like i've been i've been working on this thing for months on the computer so mm -hmm. like for me to see it built you know and like we're lucky like I'm, I'm very lucky i get to build a lot of stuff that i've never seen before which is really cool because it's like not anything ordinary so it's not boring but also you know like it it comes to the problem of there's nobody to even ask like there's nobody even to call and be like oh like so when you built your ramp your van ramp your van, yeah. like what did you do so we we rolled the tubing for the lip and it got all twisted, which kind of just happens, especially when you roll that that type of tubing. So we had to like, you know, counteract the twist and do this and that. And it was supposed to to flip and and um, and fold up. But it's really just too heavy and it's too big to 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 fold up on the hinges like I had originally designed it. But that's OK, because it's it's still going to work essentially the same. It's just going to have to be. It's just going to take him a little longer to take it apart and put it back together. But he's so excited. So the plan is we're at that point now where uh, we built the lip and the landing separately. I built the landing and we test fit it and it looked good. And then we totally like, you know, kind of stopped working on it. Then we built the lip, we test fit it. So now uh, by next Saturday, this Saturday, so like almost a week from now, um, we'll be test assembling the entire thing like in a parking lot and we're going to get decking and we're going to deck it and we're going to see how it goes and we're going to actually try it so there'll be footage of some attempts on this ramp it is big it's seven and a half feet tall at the top of the lip it is it yeah, is that's a really big thing. are you going to yeah. jump off it i mean i'll go over the top of it but i'm not i mean i don't even know that i'll clear it maybe you're not going full blast on that thing i mean you're really going to need to pedal that's what I'm Bang saying. Hard yeah, to get there. You just slingshot so, him at at the thing. Well, this kid is funny. He's he's nuts. He's recently been super into getting like uh, banshees 
and uh, little like pit bikes. Oh yeah, and they tow them into to it. Ride those. Yeah, there's absolutely nowhere to ride those on Long Island, but he still he gets them and then he puts on like his riding gear. He'll drive to Queens and ride around in Queens. Even where, less like, room. Where you, I mean, like Derek sees it in Roxbury, where you see like guys on dirt bikes and quads. He'll go and ride with these guys. I'm like, dude, you're buying a quad that's meant to, you know, like go out in like the woods, and you're literally buying it so you can ride around the yeah, city. Yeah, why not just I'm buy like, a motorcycle? Because it's more fun that's when you're not style. supposed to be able yeah. to do it. You know, it's more fun to be able to go do wheelies on your 125. So yeah. he's like not worried at all. He's like, I'll just tow somebody in and jump this thing. So yeah, he's, that makes sense. He's so excited. <laughs> I'm really happy with how it's coming out. We've really been like, um, we've really been sort of figuring it out on the fly, but it's been. It's just been working. So, um, so far, Jesus, what was that? Whoa. <laughs> uh, so far, <laughs> so good. Um, we've been, we've been working like kind of one day at a time on it. And then there's a couple days in between, which has kind of been nice because Crazy it gives neighbors. me more time to really think about the next steps as opposed to just like going to bed, waking up and starting over where you kind of, can yeah. get stuck in the same mistakes you know again paul you're going through that right now yeah and i'm sure that like you know if you take a day off you're gonna walk into the shop and you're just gonna have such a fresher set of eyes you know yeah yeah you sometimes you just got to know when to quit and then come back in fresh so you don't you know you could realize the mistakes you've made or even come up with new ideas but i was thinking who did this kid come to you with the idea of doing this um so it's it's funny the way that it came up was he had the idea, um, and I guess he told me that he had wanted to reach out, but I guess it, it didn't come up. Mm-hmm. And then he broke apart on his dirt bike, and he called a mutual friend um, who we all rode BMX together. And when he was at his shop, uh, this guy, his name is Steve, he shares the shop with Matt. So when he was at oh, Steve's okay. shop, he was like, oh, you know, I've been meaning to like, you know, talk to somebody about this ramp that I want to build. Um, and Steve was like, yeah, dude, like, you know, talk to Zep, like, you know, we could build that. So Steve told me about it and I reached out to Anthony and, and, you know, sort of just took it and ran with it. And I did, you know, all, did all the engineering and all the stuff. And now that he's been, he's been coming to my shop every day that we work on it to film episodes for his channel, Mm -hmm. um, showing the process. And now me and him have been bouncing ideas back and forth on what other stuff, I can build for his channel, either products or like other crazy ramps and stuff. Yeah. Because like, you know, his channel is, it's purely entertainment of him and his friends going out, riding their bikes, doing crazy stuff. So if I can give him something that no one else has on their channels, it's just going to be good for him. So I think it's going to wind up being a really good relationship. And he's got a lot more subscribers than I do on YouTube. And he's been giving me a lot of press. So, you know, obviously it's going to help my, my channel and maybe lead to more work with other people who knows what you need to do is make a full skate park you need to make the seats of his van removable and just put a full (laughs) skate park in the van so he could take an entire skate park anywhere a set of stairs rails other jumps and crap that'd be kind of funny i don't know we might wind up doing that because he he might just say listen i want to buy a trailer and just fill it with ramps and be able to like show up at a parking lot and just start going you know you can make one end of a quarter pipe on a trail or the other end on the uh, on the on the van, you know, a half pipe if that's the right term, I think it is. Well, so we yeah, we we've, we've been thinking about all different ways to like incorporate rails that go down the landing of the ramp or we've I designed it in a way that we can actually take uh like the third side of the deck on the roof and put another ramp on top of that and like go down the back of the van so it'll be even more like expandable. Oh, I see. So um you know, things seem to work out with the weight. We were able to get the weight down to a pretty reasonable number, um, under a thousand pounds. And I think that's going to just lead to more and more expansion. So I just worry that the van's actually just going to blow up because it's like got 110,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. He bought it from like some sketchy Russian yeah. like airport transportation company. Oh, that's it was blue when they bought it. It's spray painted black. It, the thing is definitely rough. So I just have this bad feeling that we're going to finish it. He's going to drive it to a parking lot and the motor's just going to blow up. But who cares? The ramp will be fine and we'll just, you know, keep going. I say just cut to the chase, get the kid a gun, and that way he just kills himself that way. (laughs) What? I mean, this this kid's got a death wish. You don't – you got to watch this kid's videos. He's uh, he's got – you're going to have absolutely no problem – 
going over this thing and riding it like it's no big deal. Like he's not worried about it at all. He's literally crazy. Yeah, he's has no concern. They know how to fall though. Like, like you, you, you obviously you were a professional BMX rider. You know how to do this stuff. But they, these kids, no helmet, no. I'd be going around with knee pads, elbow pads, a helmet, the little things (laughs) for my wrists, so I don't skin my wrists. I used to wear those when I used to go rollerblading. You just get used to it, you know. You just get used to it. I had the full setup. You learn how to fall. I mean, there's an art to falling. There's yeah. a whole like skill in learning how to fall so that you don't get hurt. And it's funny because I always used to have this problem when I would go on trips. Like, you know, you, you go, you fly across the country, you go to like, you know, California or whatever. And, you know, you, you spend like two days traveling and then you get there and like the first crash of the trip is always like the hardest because your body's been like relaxing for a couple of days. But then after that, you're used to it. You just roll around on the ground all day. And you know, it's probably like getting hit if you do uh, like mixed martial arts, you know, like the first time you get hit in the face, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's the worst. I took a hard fall when I was riding. I was doing, I'm pretty good at wheelies. I could, I could do a wheelie every once in a while on my bike. I took such a hard fall. Chris, what is the, um, what is it, a manual when you don't pedal? Yeah, manual. I was doing a manual, and I was getting a little too comfortable, and I went flying backwards. And I was up on a mountain bike, too, so I was high. It's like a oh, BMX nice. bike a lot lower. I smashed my back on the ground so hard I couldn't breathe for like a minute. My mom comes oh, running yeah. out. She's screaming at me, what did you do? I, like, I can't <laughs> breathe, but I'm laughing because I know she's going to start screaming at me. I could have smashed my head open, though, so I, never, I haven't done a manual uh, since then. That's, that's, that's about as much. You Derek know. saw. Well, actually, you guys were with us. Yeah, we were all together. I remember that when Charlie came by. I, I think it's amazing. Like the kids in, in Boston, they just ride wheelies. Like, no. Oh like, yeah. As as they go. There's a guy. I have a video of it. I I think I posted it on my Instagram one time. It's really tall guy. And he just rode his bike like a skateboard, standing on the seat. Mm-hmm. It was I've a mountain seen that. bike, and it's just crazy. It was down Blue Hill Ave, but probably it has to be. It's over a mile. It had to be like a mile and a half, two miles. But it's just nuts. And he was weaving in and out of traffic. He did not stop. Went through the intersections, everything, and it was just unbelievable to watch. Just funny, yeah, funny. Guys, yeah. Did you ever see that? Do in New York City that smarter everyday video where they reversed. I think it's smarter every day where they reverse the handlebars on the bike. They put like a gear yes. on yeah. the thing. Yeah. And then he completely had to teach himself how to ride a bike because when he turned yeah. left, the bike went right and vice versa. It was mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah. And then he got yeah. it after like days and days of trying. He figured it out. And then his kid, it took him like 20 minutes and his kid figured it out because kids' minds are like much more yeah. malleable yeah. than adults. Well, it's yeah. like trying to ride those stupid hoverboard things where like you see oh the my videos God. of like adults. Like, like Mike Tyson. Oh. Did you see Mike Tyson on the hoverboard? Oh, Didn't he hit the ground like hard? Smashed the ground hard. And that poor guy's already got enough brain damage. Can you imagine oh. one of those falls? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he hit the ground hard. Oh, so funny. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy's got oh. those things, right? He's got one. He got it. Well, it's funny because Andrew, I'll, I remember this. Oh, it was, Andrew, uh, Andrew, Andrew was on vacation uh, and he was kept filming these stupid videos of him riding up and down the driveway on him. And then I'm thinking in my head, Ed, I'm like, this guy is going to hurt himself. Yeah. He's wearing sandals. He's riding on a gravel road on a one wheel. Oh, I remember this. Him, yep. In the hospital. And yep. he degloved his oh. pinky toe, Ugh. which means he took all the skin off the toe. Ugh. Deglove. What is that? A medical term? Degloved? Yes. I don't like Mad- that. You can, you can imagine what it means. Oh, Andrew's so funny though. Talk about like a good dad. Like with his kids, oh he's like God, with his kids every day. Like mm-hmm. it's so cool. Like got like what a good dad. He's got the kids like driving like backhoes and and <laughs> and skid steers and forklifts and stuff. Like those kids yeah. are going to be some pretty. I don't even know what the right word is. Well versed. I don't even know what I'm trying. You know what I'm trying to say. Like those kids yeah. are going to be have a lot of experience under their belt of doing different things. Mm-hmm. Like he seems like a pretty good dad. Like a very good dad actually. Yeah, well, yeah. it's funny to talk about the Amish next door. There was a kid. They had a big uh, Econoline 350 van. And oh, yeah. He would back it up with a trailer on it like it was nothing. He was like 15 years old, didn't even have his license. That's, <laughs> That's why I was like, cool. he's been driving on a farm since he was like nine. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus. I think I drove yeah. my dad's car with my mom when I was like eight years old. And then my dad caught us and screamed at us. 
<laughs> I was such a good driver that I, I I'm I was good at driving because I always had like a little go kart and everything. But then I t- I used to live on a street that was like a complete circle, and I was yeah. going around and around the circle. And my sister saw us, told on me when she was like six, told on me and my mom. <laughs> and next thing I know, my dad's sitting on the front porch watching us go by in his jeep. <laughs> but, I don't know. That's hysterical. Yeah, my well, mom lets me do fun stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then she sanitizes all the, uh, well, yeah. all the stuff coming into the house. Yeah, yeah. we're still doing well, that. We're we're closing it on an hour, so let's let's wrap this one up. What are you guys? Uh, what have you guys been watching on YouTube, Paul? You probably haven't had two minutes to watch anything. Um, I have stuff from last week that I was watching. I barely watched anything like this week, but I've just been watching all of like Jason from Fireball Tools, you know, mm-hmm. YouTube videos because the stuff he makes is so good and the videos are so good. I have like. I, I get impressed when I see like super high quality projects being made and videos being created. Cause anybody could just like slap some stuff together and it looks cool. But like this guy is making legit like mm. projects that are done perfectly and he's filming them and he's doing a great job filming them. It's like, mm-hmm. and he's had great success. I mean, his channel isn't that old and he's got like what, like 200,000 subscribers or maybe more. Yeah, he's he's proven to he's the audience legit. that like he's just doing it right. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. most people go through that beginning stage where they have like kind of crappy videos, and you it's a little harder to convince yeah. people to subscribe. He just went right out the gate and did it right. I mean, yeah. his new welding table video is like it's it's like so all encompassing. He really does a great job. He's a great pick. Yeah, he's not uh, making freaking things out of colored pencils he's doing so much <laughs> i see another colored pencil thing being made i'm gonna lose my mind what if you make a tension table what are you gonna make a tin oh uh, my god attention oh, table? everyone with their little tables that hang by the cables i mean jesus oh, christ god. i mean you know it's cool the first time the one guy did it and then everyone else mm-hmm. has to go do it like the, the one guitar out of the colored pencils was awesome i don't need yeah. you know a spoon Made yeah. out of colored pencils <laughs> and, and a, a twenty seven bowl. Yeah, bowl. Yeah, it's like just take it easy with the pencils. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Derek, what are you watching? I wish I had stock in colored pencils. I tell you, but yeah. uh, I um, just watched today um, a glimpse inside Chris Burton, and uh, mm-hmm. he's he's a good guy. You know, I met him a couple years back, and then you know just you know met him again at WorkbenchCon and uh, him and his wife, and he's down in Florida, and he does some. Um, Good stuff. You know, his channel's grown a lot over the last couple of months. He built himself a new shop and stuff. And, um, you know, his kids are always around and in the videos and stuff. But he does just like real clean, you know, nice projects like DIY stuff for your shop and stuff like that. He's just very meticulous at what he does. And, you know, he's a funny guy oh, and he's just Amish got, got you know, a lot Derek's of energy. Oh, my God, they're attacking him again. Hold on. We lost you for a sec there, buddy. Come back. What's that called? A DDoS attack or something? Yeah, you got no, like you got DDoSed by the Amish. Oh god, <laughs> I did. Yeah, you just yeah. did. Oh, I don't know what sorry. you said? <laughs> the whole thing. Most <laughs> most of uh, it. I don't know. So go listen to Chris Burton. Go watch him. A glimpse inside. A glimpse inside. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good projects. Good shop stuff. Just built the shop. You know, he's got some good stuff. What else was I gonna say? If you missed the rest of it, sorry. I was angry was a lot at something. Of I, I don't know. I was aggravated at something, and I was going to bring it up, and then I forgot what it was. Just well, like in general. Yeah. Well, I've been watching um, this guy stuff made here. Have you guys seen him? He had a he had a couple of videos go viral lately because he made uh, a golf club that acts as all of the golf clubs in his bag. Oh, I think I saw that. Electronics, and it also also fixes his swing. I need that. he's about to have slice or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know. Draw or fade or slice. I don't know. He looks like a kid. I don't know if he's like, I don't know. I don't know how old he is. I don't know what he does for a job. But he also made an iPad that is for blind people to see where they're going with using like um, like motion capture and little tiny sensors that act as like braille on, on your fingers. He's just, every video has been like incredibly engineered and he clearly, like you said about Jason, he's putting so much time and energy into his videos and the stuff is just, it's really nice to see a 
you know, like this thoughtful kind of engineering and mm. this guy's making mm. stuff that he wants to, you know, like use to help people. That's cool. Um, so it's, it's cool. I mean, like the, the, the robot, Golf club was cool, but then this iPad thing and actually having an application to, to help people that maybe are blind or something is, is really interesting. His his viral video was he made a basketball hoop that you could never miss. Oh, that's the kid. Yeah. I know that yeah. kid. I watched that video. Exactly. That as was long as cool. the ball hits the backboard, the ball will always go into the uh into the hoop. So he is like a kid. He's like he looked yeah. like he was like sixteen, watch him be thirty five. <laughs> Right, he's like forty and yeah, maybe married with kids or something. But, but yeah, those are the picks. But listen, we made it through episode six, and everyone is still here watching. So you know, maybe if we get a little bit better at updating our Instagram, you know, we can uh, we can keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't believe it's been six. I thought it was five. Really, it should have been seven. But that's true. But, that's pretty good. That's not bad. I think we're doing good. You know, Getting Paul's going. got an internet now in a reliable yeah. way. Derek's yeah. always had internet and um, I'm sitting in my kitchen. But thanks everybody for listening. And if you haven't gone and checked out the other shows on the Makery Network, um, there is a great new episode of Jeff Fader's podcast called The Full Blast where he interviews Jesse Ueda and they talk about, uh, you know, the process of making things and creativity and design. And it, it's just, it's really 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 interesting and it's a really good insight into two very impressive creative people so check out the full blast and check out the other episodes and the other podcasts that are on the makery uh knife talk simple little life uh there's a bunch of really good ones on there and the network is growing so definitely check them out you should follow our instagram at handmade podcast um and also follow at paul pinto jr at Derek from alden and at make everything shop that about does it for this week's episode of the Handmade Podcast. I'm Chris Epp for Make Everything. I'm Derek from Alden. Oh, I'm Paul Pinto. From, I'm Derek from Alden. From Paul Pinto's uh, Fairfield Steelworks, I guess I could say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm so exhausted. I'm done with this. Uh, all right. All right. I think I'll see it. you guys next Thanks week. Listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. What's going on? <laughs> Oh, shoot, we're still on. Oh, my God. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.